What Should I Think About is a podcast with me, Celine, and my dad, Stephen. We talk about burning issues in media, politics, and science. Hello, and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine. And I'm Stephen. So, what are we talking about today? Um, Queen's Gambit. Is it Queen's Gambit or The Queen's Gambit? Ooh, that's a good question. I think it's The Queen's Gambit. Okay, well, we'll see after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think it is just Queen's Gambit, because everyone's done with the thes, I think, okay. much as myself. Whenever we come up with titles for things, I'm like, no more the. <laughs> okay. Um. So, yeah, Queen's Gambit. It was very good, wasn't it? <laughs> is that your review? Yeah. It was very good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah so we've done quite, quite a lot of heavy things recently on our podcast, haven't we? So we thought we'd do something not heavy at all really although it does talk about some deep subjects um but we thought we'd do a bit of a a review of a a tv show Mm. and um, it's a netflix show uh, based on a book um starring anya taylor joy um who i hadn't heard of until i watched this and then suddenly she is literally everywhere well I'd already seen her because me and before Christmas, me mm. and Mum watched Emma when mm. it came out on like Sky. You know when mm. technically it should have had a cinema release, but it didn't. Yes. So we watched it at home. Mm. You could rent it, and and we watched that. So I'd seen her earlier, and I really liked her in that. To be honest, yeah, she's she's just so funny. Really it's she's just got good face, like she's expression. got a, an incredible face. Um, Obviously, she's she's beautiful, but she's not um, blandly beautiful, is she? She's no, she's, she's got huge eyes, yeah, which she um, she deploys uh, very very well. She's able yeah. to. Yeah. I I was when I was watching her the other night. I thought, is she? You know, there's part of me that thinks she's an absolute genius because she can just in a, a little look, side look, she can say so much with just a tiny little you know look of her eyes but then or is she just does she just have this trick that she does that thing with her eyes and then you just assume you know what that means you're just imposing mm. onto that um whatever you think and I've, I've no idea i think I we'll go think, with the first one yeah i don't think mm. it's just like um I, I don't think that it's just face equals this i think she is giving meaning to everything especially when you listen to interviews with her i really enjoyed um emma as well obviously and i saw that first so then i watched some interviews and stuff with her and you, you know that she is putting a lot of effort into mm. each thing because she was talking about there's a dance scene in emma when they kind of realize yes. that they fancy each other yeah. and um she was talking about how they were talking about how they would show that they fancy each other when basically they're just dancing just and the that, tiniest of touches and, and yeah. expressions mm. and they were talking about okay and then this is when we'll sync our breathing will sync mm. up so that to that degree they're talking about mm. syncing of breathing to show that they're like liking each other and realizing it so i think she is mm. a very talented actress in that she's thinking to that degree sure. of my new shy mm. but like, a great performer um she's in the witch which i haven't seen i really want to see that though. has a good review i've wanted to see that since it came out and yeah I'm just not, i don't know why so I that's do know the next why. thing to buy because mum oh yeah she's is scared terrified, yeah. Um, of scary movies she just can't handle it so you've got a few days left we'll have to get it before she um before yeah. you go yeah um okay but let's talk about 
Queen's Gambit because that's the actually main, what yeah. we're supposed to be talking about. So basically, about. we gush over Anya Taylor Joy. We like yeah. we like mm. her. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like everyone I talk to is about it has been like I wouldn't have necessarily picked that out. No. Like if someone was like, oh, what do you want to watch tonight? And be yeah, like, let's oh, watch let's a watch... series about chess. Yeah, like, let's watch this orphan girl, like, be good at chess. Mm. Not necessarily what you think, but it's, it's, that's just sort of the thing that she's good at. And yeah. it's about her, you know, how she is very clever, but it's, it's ultimately a, I guess it's another coming of age story, isn't it? Except, um. Shall we do a quick synopsis? Sure. So. Um, it starts with her as a, a an orphan in a, an orphanage. We we get to see that her her mother has died in a car accident. Um, we never know what really happened to her father, although there's some hints that there were some financial things that were going on, but we don't really know much about him. So she's um, she ends up in an orphanage where she uh, happens to be very bright, very very clever, and just one day she goes down into the basement to clean the duster for a teacher and meets um the janitor who's playing chess on his own um and we should say of course there's spoilers in this so if you if you want yeah, to yeah. watch it without any spoilers then um yeah you best listen to a different podcast of ours um yeah so she she sees mr Scheibel um playing chess on his own and um, she's just fascinated by the pieces and the board and she just um, takes an instant interest in it and eventually she starts to um, start playing start playing chess with Mr Scheibel um, and he teaches her the basics she she learns over the, the few years she's yeah, in and he the... teaches her like openings and yeah so not just how the pieces work That's but right. also like the some of the tactics yeah yeah mm-hmm. Um, she gets he he brings in the local um, chess club uh, teacher, one of the local schools, and that's where she kind of gets discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, she starts in tournaments, and it kind of right. all goes from there. Yeah. But it's not just about the chess and being good at the chess; it's about mm. her life and you know, yeah, the backstory of you know uh, um, themes of addiction, um, loss. Um, family and sort of found family, your chosen families, and yeah, um, that sort of thing. Because ultimately, despite the fact that she doesn't have any blood family, I think she is surrounded by family. I think that's one of the most heartwarming things about the show. So, there's been a few shows recently that have broken with what you might sort of say is a, is a trope where. You kind of know what's coming up next, you know. You, there's a, there's a, a, I don't know, an old man or a middle-aged man in the basement playing chess with a a little girl. Straight away, there's a fear that oh, something bad's going to happen here, and there's nothing like that. It's just, uh, just a guy trying to help this girl to learn something yeah. which is lovely and i just found that really refreshing they just have a nice relationship yeah it's like, it's, it's very understated he's he doesn't say any much kind words to her but he gives of himself he gives his own knowledge and skills um to her without wanting anything in return which yeah. i thought was lovely and it's interesting because he doesn't like equally he doesn't become her father no because i think part of you thinks like oh is this going to be how like there, it's just about this relationship and mm. how he sort of 
takes her on or something. Mm. But it's it's not that. It's it's just a relationship that's nice of its own. That's right. It's just you know. It, it's it's a very small part of her life in terms of time, and a small part of his life really. But it's so profound. It makes such impactful. a difference for her. And on him. And in, on him we learn um, right at the end or at the end of the final episode how much of an impact it's had on him. Although he never displays it. He's got all these cuttings from her championships. and All her tournaments. Yeah. And, so on, it's, yeah. and it's just so lovely. Um, without, there's no kind of grand... Um, there's no no lines of of him saying how much she means to him or how much she you know he meant to her or there's none of that. It's just very very simple and I thought really lovely and I think it's lovely to see that on a on the screen because it often it's so you know everything is so dark and you know horrible. There are horrible things that happen to her, but it's not like that, is it? Really, it's more of a story of her discovering this talent she's got and just, um, yeah, uh, developing that with the people that become her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously she does, um, she gets adopted by um, these two people, these parents. Mm. The, the adoptive father is out of the picture pretty soon. He goes yeah, to Denver. Yeah, he's appalling, isn't he? Yeah, he's awful. <laughs> um, but he's just like a miserable mm. pitiful sort of man yeah he's not any he's not a grand evil he's just no. and i think that's kind of interesting to display in film mm. anyways that because everything often is quite high drama and they are like the epitome of evil but yeah. he's not he's just it's just sad mm. he's just you know he's not worthy of her <laughs> no that's right um so there's that sort of side of it um and then there's the um adoptive mother and um, they end up having, at the start, they have kind of a weird relationship. Um, it's awkward, isn't it? But I suppose that's it is going to be likely, awkward because you know mm. they adopt uh, a fifteen-year-old, mm. um, thinking she's 13. thirteen. But yeah, they adopt a fifteen-year-old, and <laughs> yeah. you know, knowing you know, it's it's a it's a weird time anyway, isn't it? So um, they're kind of getting used to each other, and then mm. at some point, they have this kind of profound moment, and from then on. It's not a typical mother-daughter relationship that you'd have portrayed on the screen. Because mm. typically you kind of have the archetypal mother mm. who is um, sort of martyr to all of her needs and wishes of her own. And it just does stuff for the child. That's kind of like the archetypal mother. But they ha- they're interesting, both of them, and they yeah. both have flaws and mm. their relationship is, is nice. But it's not typical. No, and I think, yeah, it just feels genuine, doesn't it? It feels three-dimensional enough for you to think, actually, yeah, I believe in this uh, relationship between these two women. Um, And I think, again, that's, it's actually really, it's really nice. They they both get something from it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have a, she's not just doing stuff because she's her mother. She also, you know, they do need to find income. Yeah. Um, because you know the guy leaves so they need mm. to find income and luckily they can make money by doing the chess thing there's there's yeah. money to be had in it and so she kind of gets on board at that point because at first she's a bit <laughs> yeah. like why don't you do girl Ooh, things that's right, yeah. yeah um but then she sees the 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 value in it because it can actually be a way for them to be able to stay that's where they right. are and to support themselves and to be okay 
So there is a there is a question, I suppose, that you have to ask there about exploiting um, yeah. the child a little bit. So there. But I think she knows, and it's like a greed, and it's so it's like I don't think at any point Beth is in any as in the main character. Mm. I don't think at any point Beth is in any disillusion. No, but the, you could. I'm not saying I believe no. this, but I'm just sort of playing um, the, the the devil's advocate role for the moment. Um, but the mother. Um, takes liberties with the daughter's education a little bit, so she yeah. um, she's constantly phoning the school to tell her that, tell them that she's got the co- a cold or the flu or something, so she can't come into yeah, school. I've today. never seen a child with a cold like yeah, it. It's yeah. been terrible, yeah. and it's because they want to go. She wants to take her to these um, chess tournaments. Chess tournaments, and and of course she only gets interested in the chess tournaments when, when she realizes that you can win uh, quite a lot of prize money. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there is a question there whether she's exploiting her daughter there, you know, to as a bit of a meal ticket. Um, but I think you know the point you've already made is is a good one, um, and I forgive her for anything that she's done there yeah. that might have damaged her education because the kid's smart and this is I the know. best opportunity. And also, if if we, I don't think this is all that education is for. But if we mm. think of school as like partially at least, it's to help you get a job. Well that is the thing that she will be pursuing mm. and will be enough, you know what will sustain her as an adult and yeah. provide her with what she needs so i think you can kind of let it go for yeah. that side and you know it is cerebral anyway it's not like they're just yes. going off to like do shopping and That's such right. um i also yeah i think it's um important to note as well that her mother does say do you she asks for a cup yeah, she doesn't just that was a very it. interesting little scene. I she thought. kind of and she looks nervous to ask for yeah. it actually. Yeah. Um, but you know, considering that her mum organises the the plane tickets, she does get her there. She organises. She does all of those things yeah. that you know a fifteen year old wouldn't know how to handle, like mm. getting the bus, making it cost effective. Mm. You know, working out is it viable to go because she's like, yeah. even if you get second or third, it, we still make a profit, mm. and so on. Um, and, and it's Beth that says, well, why don't you take 15%, not 10%? That's right. Um, and it's kind of like agreed upon. I thought that was a nice scene as well yeah. for that reason, yeah. So there's a there's a recognition there that, yeah, she's doing something. You know, she's, um, she's contributing to Beth's career and facilitating it. So, yeah, definitely um, that's quite yeah. a nice scene. And you don't have any scenes of her overworking her right. or anything like and, that. And and if also, anything, she's a pushover. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that scene as well because it told us something a bit more about Beth. Yeah. Um, up until that point, Beth had been quite a selfish person, which is absolutely understandable because, you know, she hadn't had any opportunity really to learn um, much about relationships, no. really. So, no. she, you know, she was a, a selfish person just because that's, yeah, she, she didn't show a lot of empathy to yeah. other people. But I th- again, I'd... But we got to learn more that actually she she did have that side of her that did appreciate what her mother did. I think she was, was nice. gentle and soft with her and, mm. and with others. What I appreciate as well coming off of that is that they didn't... It wasn't a whole dick genius. No. Um, sort of like quite often these like genius tropes are that they are either potentially a bit nasty and Mm. um above it all and Mm. you're too dumb to understand and sometimes she has those moments and you're like harman come on Mm. like she says something to um um 
what the guy that's come round to help her with her chess when he stays with her, mm. and she says like, "Well, can't you see it?" And mm. It's obvious, and he's like, "I'm not as fast as you, obviously." Mm. Um, but but there's repercussions for that, and mm. you can tell that she feels bad, but she doesn't know how to verbalize it because she yeah. makes breakfast the next day, yeah. and then he's leaving. But yeah. you know, she does things because she's a person, but not because. And, and people sometimes we act Absolutely. in ways that we are not proud of yes. but it's not because she's just like this horrible kind of like person like mm. you know the whole Sherlock the modern Sherlock or mm. um, Sheldon from Big Bang these kind of like kind <laughs> yeah. of r- rude people that get away with it because they're so incredibly smart yeah. but also it escapes the trope of making her um, potentially um, saying that she's only so smart because she's autistic or yes. because she's got um, some kind of different brain mm. setup, so mm. to speak, because that's often something that people jump into as well, yeah. is that they go, oh, well, she's like, she can't social, but she's like that's really right. smart. Yeah. Like she she can. And she's just she, a normal person who happens to be good at chess. And she's had like a hard <laughs> life, but yeah. she can still be, you know, I think you you could easily be like oh well she's like the reason she does this and that is because more well, she's autistic because mm. that's the only reason why she could be mm. so smart but i think not only is that a detriment to just a really interesting complex character to presume that but also to people with autism to yeah, just always absolutely. presume that like yeah. you know that's what autism is it's like being really smart and good at a mm. thing but being unable to mm. be social and so on and so on so i appreciated that it didn't do that yeah she was a an everyday person who who learned from her experiences and, and yeah. uh, we, we saw that growth in her didn't we yeah. um which was, I, I thought was good it was nice to see how um how much she wanted human connection as mm. well when she saw towns in at the yeah. russian mm. um tournament she you know hugged him mm. and um you know all the way with like when benny called after saying he wasn't yeah. gonna call and they're all there and she's just like moved you know sort of to tears mm. It was really nice to see that emotional side as well as being yeah absolutely and and for a female character sometimes the um it, it, you kind of end up with a sort of an aggressive swing in the other mm. direction where like we won't make her cry she won't cry and she won't do emotions because she's yes. clever and smart and she's yep. above all of that mm. woman stuff and I think I appreciated that they were given equal footing in her yeah. humanity mm. <laughs> her ability to be incredible and really smart and also that she was still allowed to have emotion so the the big emotional um hurdle for her to overcome related to her i suppose her addiction i mean it's often been talked about addiction is a theme of of Mm -hmm. this if you listen to the interviews and so on and i think it is although it's not again it's not done in a in a sort of traditional addiction story in that she um she just seems to be you, you never see her going to any therapy you never see no. her going to alcoholics anonymous or you know drug rehab or anything like that and that's not to say that she didn't we don't know we don't that, that's kind of not addressed she potentially does after this you don't know because no. she's sort of beginning mm. her journey out she's by no means i would suggest done but by it's, the end. it's not so although there are themes mm. of addiction in there i don't see it as a um a kind of that's the central part of the story it's in it gets in a way 
essentially. And she has to learn to take that crutch away. That's essentially what yeah. she does. Well, Mr. Scheibel says, I don't know what your yeah. price will be. Yeah. And they overlay that. And it's the first time you hear it is when, by the time she's an adult, you don't mm. hear it in mm. the time. When, yes. You know, when you, we don't see it when we're we experiencing. See it in yeah. yeah. We just hear it over top of her buying a bunch of booze. Yeah. Um, but what I think is interesting is at the same time, we also see a bunch of people that she went to school with and that's lovers right. and stuff with the same bags of liquor. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that's important as well, is, is it's like there's no one version of this mm. there's the mum with her little kid that went to school and is mm. kind of embarrassed it seems mm. by her previous behavior she sort of desperately tries to pretend to not remember as mm. far as that's how i read it um and there's the woman that she sees when she's like pretending to look at glasses and they're both trying to hide their bags mm. of liquor and yeah. they're all different presentations yes. of it but i think it was interesting yeah to show those different women mm. and and it, yeah for her it was her price potentially mm. as Scheibel calls it for her mm. genius and her being able to cope up to that point and mm. to get where she got to she used that to just keep going mm. and not looking back um, and that was interesting just interrupting the podcast for a moment please subscribe to the podcast it really makes a massive difference and spread the word it's really difficult to get a podcast up and running um it's just hard to get it in front of people and so although we've got a nice kind of regular listenership it would be great to get more so please spread the word let people know about what should i think about um and the other thing as i was editing this podcast it occurred to me that it was two things that we'd forgotten to talk about and as i'm recording this i thought well i might as well just make those points now uh, first one was the piece of music during one of the episodes where there's a sort of montage of her playing chess, different games of chess, and the music is Classical Gas by Mason Williams. It's one of those absolute classic pieces of music that everybody knows, but I've not heard it for so long. So it's just great to hear that piece of music again. It just made a sort of tingle run down my spine. So, yeah, that's what the music was. Um, great to hear that again and the other thing that I thought we didn't mention that we should have mentioned was a character that wasn't in it all the way through but she popped up um, at various points she was the best friend really of Beth and that's Jolene played by Moses Ingram and she was a lovely character interestingly played by the same actor all the way through so she played this um girl young girl in the orphanage who is the friend to beth but then also played the young woman later when she kind of was her was her rescuing angel really so uh, a lovely character she was somebody that had kind of got her act together and she was very pragmatic about life when she grew up um and you kind of feel like there's a real story there actually that you kind of like to know so those are a couple of things I wanted to mention. But don't forget to subscribe and tell other people. Thank you. I, I, I really liked, you, you know, when she finally starts having a proper ball, like a big cry mm. um, after getting in the car again, mm. after seeing Shywell's news clippings of her. I and was that like, photograph. Yeah. Oh. Isn't it? But it was like, <laughs> that was really 
important mm. i think thematically yeah. and for the mm. story because it's like her finally facing yeah all of the things not just her mother dying but everything mm. because you think that you might stop flashing back to her mother her birth mother's death but in fact you get more as well of those towards the end yeah um when she's spiraling and and i think that was you know that just reminding you there's she's not dealt with all this stuff because she's mm. been on these like drugs since being a child yeah, yeah. Mm. and she's continued that and then as it's been difficult to get the drug she's also supplemented that with alcohol and and other things yeah i think yeah, another thing that i i think is quite interesting about it is that there are no there are no clear baddies in this there are no mm. i mean you could just, easily make the russians the baddies but they didn't do that no that's right there's, everybody comes out of it i mean there's some you know there's some assholes yeah. Um, like her, her adopted, adopted father, father is probably comes out of it the worst. And I think even her birth father is potentially not great because he no. basically is just like, go away. It's too late now. Yeah, I don't want my child. And yeah, then, you know, and then she. But but in terms of you know, there's no kind of moustache um, twirling no. baddie in masterminds. This. <laughs> no. Everybody is just behaving in various different ways. Some no. sometimes they're kind. Sometimes mm. they're like you know, Benny's um, very kind and helpful at times. But then he does. But then he takes quite a, an extreme stance because he's hurt. She's hurt his feelings, and and so he behaves in a way that is quite childish. Yeah, or the fact that he he knew that it wasn't a good move to sleep with her and he said that yeah, he was right. there'd be no sex yeah but then you know then he does then he does and it's like you know she kind of she's kind of a bit i think a bit hurt in the end even though it's what she wanted she's kind of hurt because he just goes straight into talking about chess right. again yeah <laughs> and yeah and she's a bit like oh um you know and, and she's trying her best i think to hold it together and and then things snap again when she sees cleo um the french of course she's french um, woman who comes in the, with... the female love interest yeah yeah, yeah i mean she I, I don't like her very much at all i think i'd, I'd blame her for uh for for getting into the, the the bad situation she does just before the championship with her first game with against Sporkov. But um, I don't know if we should. I don't think we can. But no, you you, you blame. think she has to look at herself for that, don't you? Which yeah. you're right, really. I, I don't think we can blame Cleo because she knew what the right thing to do yeah. is. Because on the phone she said, mm. "I'm not gonna come yeah. down. I need to sleep and I need to mm. prepare for the, um, you know, for the." That match was the tomorrow. biggest match of her life at that point. Yeah, and she um, needed, and she knew what she needed to do. I know, but that's she didn't. That's true, but. But anyway, but yeah, yeah. So the, lots of them have; they've all got their their flaws, I guess. All the characters do, which again makes them much more interesting. Um, the her her interest in uh, the character Downs is it his name? Towns. Towns. Um, he's kind of her her ideal man, isn't he? She's she she met him when she was young, and and um, I think she's. Um made him out in her head yes. to be something he's the he's that vision of of the man that she wants um she's projected that onto him but he's not actually because he seems to be gay so he's he, not well he says he's confused doesn't he so we don't he, know well he said he was at the time when she yeah. came in and yeah. he says i was confused so that to me it suggests that he was confused but he's not anymore mm. um he does he doesn't well, like there her isn't, in that way there isn't a 
a hint at a relationship after that. No. Um, which which leads us that there was a couple of things that I, I wanted to talk about um, that have been criticisms of it, which I've seen on social media. So one is um, there's a scene where she's kind of hitting rock bottom, if you like. She's, you know, drinking from the bottle, um, bottles of wine and, um, you know, she sat there in skimpy underwear um, looking in inverted commas sexy although she's supposed to be at rock bottom so this is one of the criticisms that you know a, a male director a male writer is is making her sexualized when she's supposed to be rock bottom i did not um, read that from it so that was that was one of the criticisms i i i i agree i didn't see it like that at all she looked um, like a mess if anyone thinks yeah. that looked sexy i don't think you'll no. I think you need to take a step back and be like, does that look sexy? Like, actually? Like, she looked like someone that has got half-dressed or undressed yeah. in whatever, in a state of half-dress. I um, didn't think it was sexy. And, and not but because... But that's what the, 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 the yeah, criticism was. I, I think that we need to potentially look at our feelings then on... Um, nudity or semi-nudity or whatever you want to call that i mean she's barely nude but she wasn't no no she, but it's showing more skin and does that always inherently yeah. mean sexy yeah. i don't think so yeah, i didn't so see it that way potentially maybe that's a check your own bias kind of situation <laughs> and i don't mean that in a nasty way i just mm. mean you know just because you see revealed like legs doesn't and then to you that reads as sexy it doesn't always and i think to me it was just it if you think about how her clothes mean so much to her, mm. to see her then not putting any yeah. thing, you know, thought into her appearance, normally she's even just her chilling out clothes is like yeah. a nice pair of jeans that and it's all very tailored and put together. Yeah. To then just be in like a you know a top and some pants, mm. I think that that is the opposite of what she normally looks like. Therefore, it, it does show that rock bottom. Yeah. So. And and the other criticism was, or the other comment was, um, you know, how unrealistic it was for all these men to be um, supporting her and, and sort of cheering for her success. And again, I, I thought that was really churlish. Um, mm. you know, surely we want role models in, in television and, and film of men who are rooting for women and who are supporting women as they as they do great things mm -hmm. and i thought that was one of the best things about yeah, that show and, and i liked it in that i think I, I think that is probably quite common in the sense of like that they start off being like doubtful of her yeah. and then you know getting to know her and enjoying being around her yeah. her personality what she's like because it is that age old oh like once you get to know them mm you change around them because you realise what they're really like. I think that was just a... But they had to grow. There were stories of growth yeah. for all of the, the male characters, I thought, in that, which... But they all, you know... I mean, the, the two guys that were... The two... The, the twins mm -hmm. who, um, to start with, were so dismissive of her when yeah. they... But they love her by but the But they, they were like groupies in the end, weren't they? they I followed loved her that everywhere. relationship. It yeah, was great. It was great. Yeah, um, and I thought that was brilliant. That we want, we want film and uh, the media to encourage that sort of relationship. I think where yeah. where men are supporting women yeah. and vice versa. There's yeah. nothing wrong with either of those. And I think it's important as well to just remember what the character herself says when mm. everyone keeps talking 
they do an interview and they keep talking about being a woman being a woman yeah and isn't it nice being a woman or weird being a woman and she's quite annoyed about that rightly so and i think it's reflected in the piece of work itself because that's not what it's about i think that Mm. that was a moment of recognition and being like yes we're aware of when we are and what this is but this isn't what this is about yeah and then i think that 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 dealt with that and then it's it that's it's saying it's not a film about it's not a, a film about being a woman in the world of chess this is a film about coming of age going through trauma coming out the other side and also like chess mm. that's mm. how i see it cool right well um we're gonna have to finish there um, time's up lads. you may have heard the dog grumbling because uh mum's um, home mum's home we're gonna start the tea so thanks for listening hope you enjoyed this chat um <laughs> talk to us about queen's gambit because i love talking about it yeah um get on board uh, mum's going to come in we've got no bangers in there, so see ya thanks for listening bye. bye what should I think about is an evil sheep production <laughs>